I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. It's a rewind Monday, April 4th, 2022. Born the battle brought to you by the U S department of veterans affairs, the podcast that focuses on inspiring veteran stories and puts a highlight on important resources, offices, and benefits for our veterans. I'm your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. However, you listen to born the battle, be it Apple podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, a lot of eyes there, Facebook, the player inside the blog on blogs.va.gov. Hope you're having a good week outside of podcast land. So no ratings, reviews, or press releases this week as I am currently throwing them dice, baby. I'm in Vegas. Right now I'm in Vegas. So uh, again, to review any releases from the VA, you can always go to va.gov forward slash OPA forward slash press rel. That's P-R-E-S-S. R-E-L. That means it's a rewind week. You know, I had one in mind. I had an interview in mind that I, I wanted to bring out of the archives, but we had a bit of a bracket buster to my original rewind idea. As of this recording, previous guest and Army veteran coach Mike Shashevsky has led the Duke Blue Devils to another Final Four with him at the helm. That is a record 13 times for a head coach to lead an NCAA team to the Final Four. That passed even legendary UCLA coach John Wooden. It's amazing. Uh, With today being the championship game as of this drop, and with him possibly being in it, again, I record this some time before it drops, it was only fitting that our interview with Coach K will also make one last appearance in our Born the Battle Rewinds. Enjoy. Yeah, anxious and very honored to do the inter- you know, the interview with you. The yeah, podcast. thank you. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Coach K, we, um, you know, one thing that all my guests on this show have in common is we all decided uh, at one time to join the United States military. I know your service started at West Point, but, you know, bring us back to that decision for you. Well, coming out of high school, I was a decent basketball player in the inner, inner city of Chicago, so I had some scholarship offers, and and then West Point came, and, you know, my parents had never gone to high school. Well, my dad went to two years of high school. My mom never went to high school, and they said, holy macro, you have a chance to go to the best school in the world. And I didn't look at it that way at that time, but I've, I then started looking at it through my mom's and dad's eyes. And and then once I got there, you know, I understood how hard it was, but also how great it was. And uh, I thank God that I was given that opportunity because everything that's happened for me since then is a result of making that decision. And then in the five years that I was an army officer in the field artillery, you know, those nine years in the military really helped me immensely. Yeah. Do you, do you have a story from your time in the service that you can share with us? I got 
thousands of stories. <laughs> <laughs> is there and, one that maybe stands out? One <clears throat> maybe you feel maybe is the epitome of your time in? Well, I don't know if it's the epitome, but how you learn and you learn about the talents of uh, uh, of the people that you have with you. And, and uh, you know, when I was a field art, my, my first assignment, I was in an executive officer for a firing battery at Fort Carson, first of the 19th Artillery, and, you know, you're self-propelled howitzers, and, you know, you're a young, you're a young lieutenant. I'm a second lieutenant, and I'm, I'm there, and, you know, you don't know everything. In fact, it's important for you to know that you don't know a lot. And, but my staff sergeant, my E6, uh, the, the chief of smoke, uh, they, they call him, he, he knew everything. And uh, one of the best things I did was meet with him and he explained and we, you know, the expression two's better than one if two can, you know, if two can act as one. And, and we did, and that was really a learning experience for me is to use the talents there just because of, you know, the officers so-called above that E6, but he doesn't necessarily know more than that E6. And so, you know, respect the, the commitment, the knowledge, the experience uh, of the people that you have, uh, that you're afforded the honor to, uh, to lead. And I, I, I've tried to do that, carry it over to basketball. You know, we're, you know, I'm with the U.S. team for 11 years. Those guys, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, are pretty good. Or at Duke, you know, the guys like Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram and Kyrie Irving are pretty good. Let them use their talents. Don't just think that you, you know, you're the only one that has it. So the military's really helped me immensely in, you know, in learning a multitude of lessons. Yeah. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Is there, um, is there another skill set maybe that you got from the military that you think has contributed, uh, to your success as a coach or at least helping, uh, direct uh, a team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so many things, I mean, it started at West point where really the military in teaching you to have, you know, to, to get new limits, to have new talents, you know, to develop, a lot of times you fail and you know, you're, you're, it's not like you can just dish out talents or, you know, dish out new things. You know, you have to learn them and you have to learn them under fire. You know, when I was at West Point, I failed a number of different times and, you know, two of the main lessons that I learned there and I've carried over for, you know, the four decades I've been a, a head coach is one is failure failure is not your destination. In other words, you get knocked down, you know, get back up and figure out how to get it done. And, uh, and then along with that, don't think that you have to get it done alone. You know, how do you develop teamwork, whether it's a basketball team, a squad, a company, a platoon, uh, you know, what's your, what's your mission? How do you, how does everybody help in, in, you know, in developing that teamwork that's necessary to be successful. So, you know, that, that carried through my entire military experience. And, and I've used that as the foundation for, for what I do as a basketball coach. Yeah. I imagine that there, I imagine you see plenty of parallels between, um, 
between coaching and developing young players and mentoring young soldiers? There's no question about it. I mean, the the thing that I do, you're not you're not being you're not preparing for battle. You're not preparing for combat. Uh, in a in a combat zone, you're you're preparing <clears throat> to play a basketball game, which <clears throat> excuse me, it's not at the same level, obviously, but the, <clears throat> excuse me, the principles are the principles are are the same, and you know, and basically to get the men and women that you have the honor to lead and have them own it, you know, have them. Um, you know, coordinate the, you know, their talents and come at uh, the opponent, whatever that it, that opponent might be, and uh, to do it as one. And um, it, it's the same stuff. I and to get to know them. When I was a young lieutenant at Fort Carson, I would go every once a week. One of the afternoons, they would have like a field day where. You know, people could go and play sports or do whatever they want, wanted to do. And I would always go to the battalion gym. And uh, and although I was one of the, maybe the only officer there, I was a pretty good player. And so I'd play with the, uh, you know, the men that I was leading. And uh, I got to know them. And, uh, you know, what better place to get to know them than to, you know, uh, through sport. And I earned... I got to know them. They, I earned their respect, and you know, a leader has to find different ways to get to know his people. And uh, I, I do that with my team, and I did it with the the men and women I had an opportunity to lead in the military. Yeah, I know you entered. Uh, you continued your career in basketball soon after uh, you mm-hmm. got out of the military. But did you? You know, what was your experience in transitioning from the military environment into civilian life? You know, the transition was not difficult because uh, uh, in entering, you know, the collegiate world, it also is, you know, top-notch world. You know, there's you're, you're part of a university. You're you're around people who care. You know, they they want what's good for the for the whole. And uh, uh, I felt I was immensely prepared to, you know, to move on in, into coaching. Uh, when I left the military, I did not leave the military because I did not like the military. You know, we, I was a captain and uh, stationed at Fort Belvoir, and we were doing well. And uh, it's just that I couldn't coach <laughs> in, the, in the military. You know, I couldn't be uh, a college basketball coach, and that was my dream. And, yeah, I, I stepped aside, but I've kept my association with the military at a really high level. You know, I go up to West Point once or twice a year uh, to speak to the cadets and, and the Corps. And when we, the last 11 years coaching the U.S. team, we, we were intimately involved with the military because they served as an example whether wounded warriors spoke to our team. We had functions with military units or families of deceased uh, men and women who've given their lives for our country, and uh, I wanted our U.S. team to understand what selfless service was all about. And the military, obviously, is the 
is the best example for that. Yeah, absolutely. When you have a player uh, on your team that shows interest in the military, do you share your experiences with them? Yeah, in fact, we, you know, one of my recent graduates is uh, Marshall Plumley. You know, Marshall came to me during his uh, years here at Duke and said, you know, Coach, I'm, I don't know if it's possible, but I'd like to be in ROTC here at, at at Duke, and you know, I have a, you know, he he got to meet uh, one of my former players, who's now a four-star general in charge of the our troops in the Pacific, uh, General Bob Brown, and he got really turned on to the military, uh, and I said, of course, and then he he did all of his training. He went to summer camp and whatever, and actually was commissioned. Uh, and although he's playing for the Clippers right now, he's also in, a res- in reserves. And you know, when his time is up, or you know, if he's not allowed to play professional basketball any- anymore, I'm sure that uh, Marshall will be. You know, he has a passion to be uh, an Army officer. He is an Army officer, but it, it, as far as making it a career, so I would not hold any of our our, our guys back from doing that. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I know you're time sensitive. I'll, I'll finish up with with this question. Uh, you said you, uh, you you know you keep in touch with uh, with the military and, and the veteran space. Is there a veteran or veteran organization that you have uh, learned about or, or grown to love that really has you excited about what they're doing right now? Well, I think yeah, I, I think there's so many that are trying to do it. I, I wish that I really wish the government would do more and. Uh, you know, I think we owe it as a country to every man and woman who has served uh, to make sure that we take care of them uh, after uh, they leave the service. And whether it be because of injury or they retire or at, at any time, uh, I, I'll tell you one, one organization that the last one, when we won the Olympics in Rio, we got to be really close with TAPS. Uh, tragedy uh, assistance program for survivors uh, where you know they raised an immense amount of money to help all those families who have lost a son a daughter a husband a wife a father a mother you know in in combat and uh, you know we in every exhibition game we had we had taps kids there and then we had a huge function in Chicago before uh, leaving for for Rio, uh, where we met hundreds uh, of of family members, and they actually shared their buttons. They were buttons of the deceased person on, on right over their hearts, and they gave us their those buttons the, uh, to take to Rio, and uh, you know where it was our, their way of saying, you know, this is what was given up with selfless service lives. And uh, we're proud of my mom, my dad, my son, uh, whoever it was. And then uh, we shared that with them. And so, you know, you know there's a lot being done. I, I just wish more could, more could be done. But, uh, you know, God bless the people who have uh, founded organizations to help our veterans. Yeah, absolutely. Coach K, thank you so much for your time. It was a true pleasure talking uh, with a legend in, in college basketball. And good luck in this upcoming season. All right. Thank you very much. My honor to be on. Thank you, sir.
We served our country like those before us. The camaraderie is what kept me going. You know, it was a dangerous area. All of Vietnam was dangerous. I didn't know what to expect when I got back. For the first 10 years after I got out, no one would have known that I was in the service. I got home, got married two weeks later, got a job. We came back, built lives, families, and communities, but we still had challenges. The carnage of war left an indelible mark on me. I would have intrusive thoughts. Yeah, horrible nightmares. Services and support that can help are available for veterans. I went to the VA, talked to my doctor. I started doing groups. I started doing one-on-one -on -one counseling. We found ways to move past these challenges for ourselves and for our families. At maketheconnection.net, you can hear our stories and find tools and services available to you. The more I talk to people, family, friends, other vets, the better I feel. I want to thank Tim and Coach K for getting the time to get together for that episode. Best believe me, with me in Vegas, if they're in, the, if Duke is in that championship game, my money is going on Coach K. Let it ride, baby. This week's Born the Battle Veteran of the Week is by way of VA's Veteran of the Day program. Every day, our social media team honors a veteran on all of our social media platforms and with a blog on blogs.va.gov. You can nominate the veteran in your life by emailing in a bio and about five pictures to newmedia at va.gov. Lena Bassalone was the daughter of Italian immigrants who instilled in her the values of hard work and self-reliance. After graduating high school, Bassalone left her family's farm and moved to Portland to attend business school. When World War II started, she left school to join the newly formed Marine Corps Women's Reserve. Her husband later said, Lena joined the Marine Corps because she wanted to be with a top outfit in the war effort. Following basic training, Bassalone served at Camp Pendleton, California, where she worked as a field cook and met fellow Marine and Marine Corps legend, John Bassalone, who had received a Medal of Honor for successfully defending Henderson Field against the Japanese on October of 1942 on Guadalcanal. He later returned to the U.S. to help raise funds for bond drives. Jonna liked Lena for her tough attitude and self-assured nature. After a whirlwind romance, Lena and John married in July of 44 at Camp Pendleton. He then deployed with the 1st Marine Division in December of 1944 and in February of 1945 at Iwo Jima, died in battle. She learned of his death less than a month later on her 32nd birthday and traveled to her husband's hometown in Raritan, New Jersey to present his parents with his Medal of Honor. Lena Bassalone was then honorably discharged from the Marine Corps as a sergeant. On December 21st, 1945, Bassalone attended the christening ceremony of the U.S. Navy destroyer USS Bassalone, named in her husband's honor. She worked for an electrical company after leaving the military, and she was a volunteer for several veterans' organizations such as the Long Beach Veteran Hospital, American Veterans Auxiliary, and Women Marines Association. Lena, never, Lena Bassalone never remarried and passed away in June of 1999 at the age of 86 and is buried at Riverside National Cemetery in California. Her husband, John, is buried in Arlington, in D.C. Already immortalized in Marine Corps history, in 2010, HBO produced a miniseries titled The Pacific, which portrayed the experiences of John and Lena. Marine Corps veteran Lena Bassalone. We honor her service. Ready. Hey. Five. Ready. Hey. Five. 
That's it for this week's episode. If you yourself would like to nominate a future Born in the Battle veteran of the week so we can all learn their story, you can. Just send an email to podcast at va.gov, include a short write-up, and let us know why you'd like to see him or her as the Born in the Battle veteran of the week. And if you like this podcast episode, hit the subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook, pretty much any podcatching app known to phone, computer, tablet, or man. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov, and follow the VA on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, RallyPoint, LinkedIn, DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, no matter the social media, you can always find us with that blue check mark. And as always, I'm reminded by people smarter than me to remind you that the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that may be discussed in this podcast, nor any media products or services they may provide. I say that because the song you're hearing now is called Machine Gunner, which is courtesy of the nonprofit Operation Song, and was written by Marine veteran Mark McKeelhoney, Nashville songwriter Jason Seaver, and Michael Duncan. Have a great day. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here with a fresh episode next week. Take care. We gotta get them one way or the other. Machine gunner. Firefight bullets fly day and night rain. Simplify till we die another campaign. My desk is a rock where the drug lords cut up millions. My pen is a 7.62 round that'll cut them down in an instant. Made bullet in my back Raining down there Punching that clock Get them boys, I'm laying down Cover machine gunner bullets fly day and night rain Simplify, do or die Another campaign Here we go, lock and load 0331, lug a thousand rounds And I ain't bringing back one